earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday, a fellow by the name of Steve Hawken, uh, a brilliant mind, passed away. He's 76 years old, if I'm not mistaken. He, uh, he was wheelchair-bound and uh, trapped in his own body with the disease that he had. But he had a brilliant m mind, and uh, he gave us a better understanding of, of the universe in some respects. But it's very, very sad that, to the best of my knowledge, he died without believing in God. Uh, he made a comment earlier in his life that there is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That's what he can. He thought the brain and the, the component were like components of a computer. And he said that that, that when it comes to religion, uh, this is a fairy story for those that are afraid of the dark. How terribly sad. Uh, such a brilliant mind given to him by God, but he chose not to believe and give God the glory. He now knows God exists as he entered into eternity. If, and if, in fact, uh, he didn't change his position before he died, uh, he will not make it to heaven, but he will go to hell because he never became a Christian, to the best of my knowledge. So that's, that's uh, a very sad thing. And... and, and uh, uh, as we have opportunities to outreach with others, may we do so with, with, uh, uh, with an attitude of trying to glorify God and help those people who do not know God to come to know God. Speaking of which, I understand in Louisville, they worked hard. Everybody's back safely. But I understand among one uh, other things that they did, they passed out 3,000 pamphlets regarding the church in Louisville. So that was, that, that's a lot of work and want to recognize uh, and who knows what may happen with the church there and, and the people of that community. Now, uh, we're in the first chapter of James. Uh, we will be focused on three verses, uh, verses 9 through 11. Uh, and, and, and verses uh, 2 through 11 is a focus on responding to trials. You know, it's not, that's not anything new, is it? Uh, since the beginning of the first man and woman, there have been trials of one type or another uh, that challenge us, uh, test us, and our faith and, and our endurance to be uh, uh, consistent with our faith. Uh, and... and there is no one better that knows the challenges that we go through than our Savior Jesus, who came, uh, submitted himself to becoming flesh, uh, the child of a woman, uh, lived a perfect life with no sin. And we cannot say to him, you just don't know how hard it is uh, in this life. Because he does know exactly what it's like to be a human being. And it is, uh, he gives us the tools through the Bible on how to have a successful life here and a successful life in eternity. 
Uh, now, in John 6.38, it says that, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Thanks be to God and, and Jesus for loving us so much and who wants us to live in eternity with heaven. You know, Satan threw everything he had uh, to change God's plan of salvation uh, for a people created in his image, uh, but he was a miserable failure. God and his son, Jesus, perfectly accomplished what his goal was in this life uh, to make it possible for every one of us here to make it to heaven. Uh, he took the sins of the world upon his shoulders and, and, and through what he's done and through our obedience to the gospel, we have that greatest treasure of all, that time we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful service, servant. Come into my rest. Now, in going through the uh, uh, James 1, 9 through 11, in verses 2 through 8, we, we, we see how James discusses in general how Christians can turn trials into victory. In, in verses 9 through 11, uh, James specifically discusses the trials of being poor and also the trials associated with the rich uh, and the attitude we should have in either state. Uh, it, it appears that the early Christians struggled over issues in poverty and wealth, uh, and, and he examines that in these three verses, as well as another, a few other places in the book of James. 2,000 years later, this is still a valid, uh, it was, it's still as valid today, those issues, as it was 2,000 years ago. You know, Christianity is the great equalizer. Uh, in Christ, we are all equal. Uh, and and, and the, the, the poor are raised up and the rich are brought low. Whether financially rich or poor uh, or somewhere in between, we all come to share the same status before God. <clears throat> you know, some of the questions within these three verses include, who is most pleasing or acceptable to God? Uh, is it the materially rich that indicates he favors them? Or does he only care for the poor because they don't have as much material riches? In Proverbs, we read uh, in the 30th Proverb, we read beginning with verse 7, we read about a fellow by the name of Agur. And it says that, uh, let, uh, beginning with verse 7, two things I request to you, deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So there was this wise man named Agur, and he prayed that he would be neither materially rich or uh and that was for concern that he would not depend upon God, uh, uh, but himself and his, his wealth, or poor, and use his poverty as an excuse to steal or otherwise bring dishonor to the name of God. And, and you know, that's a good prayer for us today, too, isn't it? We, 
we understand some of the trials of poverty. Uh, you know, they can be unfulfilled desires. We start out with a with a, a dream, and we don't accomplish it. And 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 those things can create bitterness if we're not careful. Uh, uh, you know, we have the the commercials on TV. You can have it all. Uh, we live in a very materialistic time in a very materialistic country, uh, and, a, and a world that has a great desire to possess more and more things in general. But what we we experience, the more and more things we 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 have, it, it satisfies only for a short period of time. Uh, have you ever known anyone that became bitter over a great financial disappointment? Uh, I should have gotten that job. Uh, and we, we uh, uh, if we don't get it, we say, I didn't get a fair shot at it. And sometimes that's true. Uh, the deck was stacked against me. Uh, you know, Job's uh, solution, his wife's solution, was in Job, the second chapter. We read in verses uh, 9 and 10, it says that uh, then his wife, Job's wife, said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. That was her recommendation to her husband. And he said to her, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept, accept adversity? All this job did, uh, Job did and did not sin with his lips. So uh, the, uh, Job's response was the right perspective. Uh, and it shows that he had the right perspective. Uh, and and so then, you know, some of the other things that one who has not been successful financially or for whatever reason doesn't have the the uh, the, the wealth uh, is, is that they become can become uh, envious, jealous, uh, or resentful of those who have a lot. Uh, even if those who have a lot earn it the old-fashioned way through hard work, uh, it, and and uh, things that just went as planned and they were successful, uh, you know, it may be easy for someone who doesn't have much to co uh, to covet or to hunger for what others may have. That's one of the dangers. That a poor person uh, may have. Uh, you know, having said that, some of the most joyful and giving Christians that you and I know are frequently materially poor when it comes to things and have little in the way of possessions. Uh, and, and some of the more wealthy appear to have the most miserable lives. You, you, when you go to places like Louisville, Pennsylvania, uh, or you go to countries, particularly outside our country, uh, Jamaica, 
some of the places that that uh, many of us here have have been: Jamaica, uh, India, Albania, China, the Bahamas, uh, Africa. Uh, they they it's may have little possessions in a lot of these countries that I just named. Very very poor from a material sense, but they may be some of the most joyful people that you ever run into. And, and they have a perspective that is, is uh, one that looks into eternity versus at what they don't have in the way of material blessings in this life. Uh, no, God has never promised uh, that it would be easy on our short time in, on, in this world what he has promised is that if we remain faithful and obedient children, he will help us to go down that narrow road to heaven and eternity with him and with Jesus. Warren Buffett, very wealthy man, one of the richest men in the world, he's quoted as saying, basically, when you get to my age, you'll really measure your success in life by how many of the people that you want to have love you actually do love you. I know people who have a lot of money and they get, get uh, give testimonial dinners and they get hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them. If I get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, or if you get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, I don't care how big your bank account is, your life is a disaster. The trouble with love is that you cannot buy it. The only way to get love is to be lovable. <clears throat> and then he says, the more you give, the more you get. That's comes from a very wealthy person who has, at least in this perspective, uh, a very good perspective of, of what riches have to do and where love is a priority, is more important. You know, uh, how you and I use our money or our things is a reflection on what is most important to you and I. And, you know, uh, we can, and God requires it, that you and every other Christian give our love to others. And God gives us the greatest example of love. Matthew 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And, and we, we remember the way that one of the ways that Satan tempted Jesus was in Luke the fourth chapter. And it was to show and give him all the kingdoms of the world if he would worship, if he would only worship uh, Satan. And Jesus resisted, as you may remember, he went to the scriptures, didn't he? And he says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Satan has always been persistent in coming up with ways to draw the saints uh, from God. Uh, he may leave us alone for a little while, but he will return. And Luke, the fourth chapter, we, we uh, 
beginning with verse uh, 14. Oh, no, uh, verse 13. It says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, the temptation of, of Jesus, he departed from him, Jesus, until he had an opportune time. So what one of the takeaways out of that is Satan doesn't give up. Uh, and, and that he will leave for a little while, but don't get too confident because he will not give up. Uh, he will wait until there's an opportune time. And, and then, you know, one of the, one of the, the, uh, uh, most effective and successful tools uh, to harm our relationship is through temptation. And one of the most effective temptations is with material things. And, and let's go ahead and read uh, James, those three verses. James 1. Beginning with verse 9. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltion, exaltation, uh, and, uh, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers for the grass. Its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away with his pursuits. One of the, the uh, uh, most effective tools uh, to harm our relationship with God that Satan utilizes is through temptation. And one of his most effective temptations is, again, with things, uh, treasure, uh, mammon, sometimes it's called. And, and many in our country have this attitude uh, Something like, at this stage in my life, it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't, one, make me happy, uh, two, make me better, uh, three, make me money, I don't have time for it. It has also been said that temptation is the work of the devil to drag you to hell. We live, again, in a very materialistic world. Uh, and that's not news, though. That, that, that's always been that way. And we, we probably know someone who spends a lot of, of uh, their things uh, or their money on things and, and begin to trust in them. And Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning with verse 16, we read, the scriptures tell us, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought with himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there, will be, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so you have many goods laid up in front of you uh, for many years. Take, you, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. 
But the next verse says, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be whom you have provided? So it is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. So we see that uh, we probably, again, probably know someone that has who spends a lot of their money on things and, and begin to trust in, the, in, in that. But Jesus calls that person a fool. And, you know, what is that saying? The hearse that carries the casket uh, 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 doesn't carry much other things other than, than uh, that body that's in a casket. Uh, for and you know, for many who who uh, uh, has a a a lot, uh, they may have less uh, in the sense that they don't see any need for God, and they forget James one seventeen again. Uh, we read. That uh, in James 1.17, we read, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. And we, we see, have that eternal perspective that the good and perfect gift is from above. Now, in Revelations 20. The 21st chapter, Revelations verses 3 and 4. The Bible tells us, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. You know, he will dwell with them and wipe away every tear and no and no more death. I can't think of a better way to describe as we enter into heaven that he will wipe away the tears that we may have had and there's no more death. Uh, you know, with, with wealth, in and of itself, can create an insatiable desire to, to have more. Uh, you know, and things almost always uh, satisfies one for only a very short time period, and, and then you want another thing. Uh, always seeking, but never being satisfied for long. Uh, and there are some, uh, in some deserts, uh, where there's an abundant uh, Winter rains. Uh, there's beautiful and spectacular wildflowers that appear in the summer. Uh, you don't have long to view them uh, because uh, in the desert they don't last very long. Uh, the, the heat will soon wilt uh, them and their glory fails. And that's a picture of what we see in James 1.11 of the rich man. The climate of, in, in Israel, in their area, their climate is very similar to that of uh, some places in Southern California. Uh, generally, the, the afternoon 
sea breezes uh, cool things down, but sometimes the, that direction of the winds will change, and it comes from the desert. Uh, they call it in, in California, it's called the Santa Ana winds, and they drive up the temperatures from the 80s, these winds, up to over well in excess of 110 degrees, uh, and it doesn't take for long for it to, to wilt everything and all the vegetation dies. And, and that's the picture we see of the rich man. Uh, the book of James reminds us that wealth is very temporary uh, and it's brief and fleeting. Uh, uh, and that a rich person will die just like every other person and, sh and as surely as does that grass. James, through the, again, through inspiration, is giving us some test of our faith. Uh, true faith has joy even when we encounter trials. The first four verses of James tells us about seeking God for wisdom in such times. In verses uh, 5 and 8, uh, in we of James, and in verses 9 through 11, he shows us that true faith is living and following God's eternal view regarding uh, poverty and riches. And it's been said, too, that don't tell me what your priorities are. Show me where you spend your money, and I will tell you what your priorities are. When we have the right relationship with God, uh, we have an abundance of riches, uh, spiritual wealth, now and then the life to come with us in, as we enter into eternity. You know, one of the, the ways I look at temptation, uh, uh, you know, when we battle temptation, we are at a war. Uh, it's a war with an enemy who hates Jesus, who hates God, and those who love God. Uh, Satan wants to destroy us. God allows him to tempt us, uh, to test us. Uh, and, and, you know, it seems to me it's part of the purification process. It proves our character. Uh, God always has a purpose to make us better. Whatever we encounter, he's got a purpose, and he can help us through it, whatever it is. Uh, but he, he allows us to be tested. And, and it seems to me that that's the way that it improves or uh, uh, proves our character and and shows our commitment, the depth of our commitment to God. Uh, God is, uh, I guess you could say, is refining us. When I was a lot younger, I, I went to what was then called Southwest Texas State University, and I worked in the print shop. And one of my jobs was in the print shop was uh, it was a news they produced the new the the college news uh, newspaper uh, and other uh, uh, things that would be provided out to the school uh, school there uh, and one of the things one of my jobs was was to take the dross uh, out of the lead and so with the, the way you did that was there was a big little pit uh, and it was very very hot. And they would put the lead that was used for typing the material. Uh, we didn't have the the technology that we have today, and and they would use that that lead to print 
the information that was going to go on to the uh, and be sent out. And and so I would spend. I had a little deal, and I would clean the dross up, and it was all molten lead. And you clean that dross of the impurities in that to make it pure. And, and that's one way I look at temptation. God is is having us take the dross out so that we can be more pure. And uh, uh, and so that's that's one way I I look at, at what God is doing us. It's it's not so that He can have fun to make us go through terrible things at times sometimes and that's challenges but what he's doing is he's refining us and making us more Christ-like you know we have a new status in Christ uh, uh, whether you're rich or poor in Christ God tells us we're all equal Uh, if, if you know we may have a brother or sister in Christ who may have very little in a material sense and, and may not count for much in, in earthly society, uh, uh, but they may uh, rejoice because they're being exalted in Christ to a very high level. Uh, and, and by that, they are have very little, but they're raised up to a very high level uh, because they're, there's an equality whether you're rich or poor. And so you can say similarly that you know the rich brother or sister uh, comes to see that real wealth is not in, a, in an abundance of things, uh, of money and possessions, but in the things that are eternal and unseen. Uh, one thing that they know when you have the right perspective is not only shall their things pass away, uh, uh, but that they themselves shall pass away. And and as the flower, as we talked about, or as I mentioned, that can very quickly die, and as the flower of the grass uh, drops after the spring, uh, it, it's a very brief existence. Applications... Uh, when uh, Eddie Parrish was down a couple of weeks ago and how to examine the Bible, uh, some of the tools that he used, uh, methods that he used, and this was at Katy, of the three-day uh, period of time that he was a featured speaker. And, and one of the things he brought out was application. How do we take things and how do we apply things? And our... Some of the applications are, it's, it's very foolish to make our primary focus and effort on things that disappear compared to things that, that last. Uh, another application is God expects us to be good stewards of what we do have, whether it be little or much. And we should often pray to God, may we be good stewards. You know, our motivation to help others are compassion, uh, humility, uh, love. Uh, and, you know, it, when it comes to Christianity, it's, it's really all about love and obedience. Uh, and, and to help others come to know our Savior. Uh, not because we feel guilty, 
because we have so much, are not to be recognized by others, uh, but to glorify God. If we, another application is to use what wealth we do have, is to help the needy and the poor in the church, uh, and also some that are outside the church. Uh, the church in many countries, uh, like Albania, like China, uh, India, uh, the Philippines, again, Bahamas. It, it's, it's been my experience. Uh, a lot of those churches are very, very poor. Uh, the, the church doesn't require wealthy uh, members uh, in order to grow, but generous financial resources, if wild, wisely used, can really help a church grow. Uh, it's not mandatory, it's not required, but it does help. Hey, you know, another application is use wisdom and knowledge of facts before criticizing others or judging others as they may or may not help someone in need. Uh, another takeaway is if material things are most important to you or I, we will not enter heaven. Uh, God doesn't allow for a divided allegiance. He must be first in our lives. And he deserves that and he requires that. And, and we'll finish up this lesson with uh, uh, what if you own the entire world but lose your soul? What a sad, sad state to be in. And... and Remember, too, in 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome.